Ladies and gentlemen and fans of Foodies Never Say Die podcast, welcome to the inaugural episode of The Drunken Thumb War. I am The Drunken Thumb, and I'm joined with my usual cast of friends, uh, uh, The Drunkleberry Travis Ewan and Jimmy Bags of Donuts himself. So uh, before we get started into what we're going to be warring about today, let's first say hi to Trav and let us know what you're drinking. What is up? What is up? Um, this has been a few weeks coming. So I'm very excited uh, to get into this, but I am drinking. Uh, let's see from Martin House Brewing Company. The uh, it's called Mango Salty Lady. Ooh. It is a fruited sour ale. Um, obviously, mango sour. Um, it's it's a brewed by Texans for Texans kind of a thing, or whatever their slogan is. Hold on, made in Texas by Texans. So let's crack that open and see how Texany it is. That's really nice. I mean, good, um, yeah, good up upfront flavor uh, of the mango, and then slightly a salty note just to round it out. Um, but then the sour kicks in, and it's it's nice and mellow. It's actually really good. Very cool, very cool. Uh, also joined here by uh, Jimmy Bag of Donuts. Jimmy, how you doing? And uh, what are you drinking today? I'm super. Thanks for asking. I'm drinking a Long Island local Greenport Brewing Company. Uh, it's their Double Duck Imperial Porter Mexican Hot Chocolate Edition. So it's supposed Ooh. to have um, cinnamon, ancho chilies, and vanilla. I'll let you right know how it is because I'm going to be drinking bangers tonight. Nothing is lower than a 9.8. Oh, hey, all right. My man. Well, I'm drinking uh, I Can Teach Blue from Saucy Brew Works. It's a blueberry milkshake IPA. Uh, the blueberries pretty prominent up front, but you also have that vanilla and that lactose to make it go down smooth. Like I said, I don't know why milkshake IPAs are called IPAs. I never taste the hops in these beers, but they are good. So cheers to that. Cheers. Indeed. Cheers, fellas. Cheers at all. Okay, now that we got those pleasant trees aside, this is going to be an angry yelling podcast. It's called a thumb war, not a thumb piece. So <laughs> what basically we're going to do is going to take maybe – um. Just some food-related topics. Some uh, what's the other? What's the other way to say it? Um, pop culture. Uh, pop culture. Pop culture. Pop culture. Pop culture topics. We're both going to take a side, and we're going to debate like it's the trial of the century. Uh, we're going to have a judge who is going to judge not based on what they think is their favorite, but based on the arguments that are presented. So the way I was thinking this should go is we should. Both each have an opening statement that would go uninterrupted. Then we, after your opening statements, you have a chance to uh, refrain, revert to countering arguments of what the opening statement was. Again, uninterrupted. And probably the third part is going to be an overall shouting over each other segment, which I'm sure will get heated. And then the final part will be your closing arguments, and then the judge will take over and decide the thumb winner. So today we got a pop culture debate we're going to have, and it's going to be who is the better actor or comedian, or just who's better? It's uh, Rick Moranis versus John Candy. And the two debaters today are going to me, be me, the drunken thumb, and the drunkleberry himself is going to take me on. And Jimmy Bags is going to be there to moderate and make the final judgment when we are ready. He probably has the hardest job just trying to moderate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So uh, before we get started, I'm, I'm just let's just say who we're doing. I'm going to be taking uh, Rick Moranis, and I'm defending Sir John Candy. All right. So before we get started, we have a little uh, little chant we're going to do before we get going, and then Travis, yes. I'm going to kick it off to you to start with your opening statement. So are we ready? I am ready. So uh, on the count, one, yeah, one, two, three, three four, four. I declare. I drunk more. So, <laughs> yeah, it's the first time you're doing it. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll work um, eventually, but we'll work it out. Yeah, we'll, maybe we'll do a little bit more hand signals <laughs> uh, just to get this going. Uh, but, you know, for the first time, the hell with it. This is going to be some fun action. Um, so, yes. So, listeners far and wide and our uh, our judge, Jimmy Bag of Dough, and obviously the Drunken Thumb, um, <clears throat> the two people that we uh, – I've decided to enter this contest of debates 
uh, have two very similar backgrounds. Um, there's no denying the skill level in both of these people. I'm going to be defending Mr. John Candy, arguably um, one of the greatest uh, comedians, actors, humans um, that have existed on this great planet, who was unfortunately um, his his talents and his his just livelihood and his just well awesome well being was cut short um, in the early '90s due to a heart attack. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to be talking about all the great things that he's done since he became an actor. I mean, the guy started in the early '70s on a as a weatherman on a show called Cucumber in Canada. Um, he was you know born in Toronto. He's he's you know Canadians. They're just good hearted, lovable people. Um, there's there's no denying. Um, the skill level that John Candy possesses and that he, he portrayed. And you can see that on any interview um, that he has done or the, the cast or his friends or anybody that can, that talks uh, about John Candy, either while he was alive or after the fact, they all had amazing and great things to say about him. They all wanted to work with him. He was just an all around great human being. Um, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be bad mouthing Rick Moranis. Uh, Rick Moranis is a great human being as well. Um, this is not what we're, we're what we're debating about. We're talking about their their careers and what they've done as their craft. And I and in my opinion, John Candy is just is, is is just overall better. I mean, there's there's a lot of things which I will get into during the later parts of our debate that prove that John Candy without John Candy, um, you know, so some of the great roles out there would not have existed. Um, but with that being said, I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities, like I said, between the two actors. They obviously both are from Canada. They both work for Second City um, TV. They both have won Emmys for, for their roles on Second City TV. They both have the same friends, Diane Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, um, Steve Martin. They all have very – Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara. They're all – from the same area, so when you when you're comparing dollars to Noah's careers, to uh, their Emmys, to the to TV shows, to the movies that they've done, they're all very very similar. So it's what they did within those roles that defined them. And in my opinion, John Candy uh, has done just a little bit better than Mr. Rick Moranis. Thank you. That was a very uh, excellent opening statement, and I'm going to also agree with you that John Candy was amazing, and he was taken from us way too soon. I am not going to say anything bad about John Candy. He is amazing, and he has done many great movies, which I sure, I'm sure you will list out quite uh, soon. But I also think Rick Moranis is better. I think, I think I'm think i the underdog in this fight. I think if you ask people just flat out who they think would better, I think John Candy would get the answer more. But that's because Rick Moranis is very underrated. People He's in a lot of great movies. He plays a lot of great roles, plays a lot of unique roles that people kind of just brush over. But those, every role he's in, he's great at. He does um, excellent movies, steals the show in a lot of movies, and is uh, a hilarious, funny actor who um, I think can, will give John Candy a run for his money. And we will see. Very, very gentle, gentlemanly and sporting of you both. <laughs> So far, we just started. We just started drinking, so I think things will get a little bit more interesting. It's, it's the more we drink, I, one one would assume. These are the opening parlays. I'm sure we will get heated as they get yes. tossed. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll kick kick it off and start going through some of the great catalog of Rick Moranis. Um, I think fans of this podcast know we are huge Spaceballs fans. Now, Spaceballs has the luxury of having. Both of our actors in this movie, and both our actors did a great job in this movie. But if we're going and give the edge just on this movie alone, I think Rick Moranis had better scenes in Spaceballs than John Candy. I think most of the f- comedy comes from Spaceball One. I think most of the comedy comes from Dark uh, Dark Helmet, Lord Helmet. Uh, the opening scene where he comes in breathing, and you just see that dark mask, and one mag living a Dark Vader, and how evil and uh, opposing he was, and then that mask goes up, and you see Rick Moranis's nerdy face going, "Ah, oh, God, I can't breathe in this thing." Right off the bat, you know that this is going to be a hilarious movie, and most of those great scenes happen to be on Spaceballs One. And fans of this podcast also know one of our other favorite movies is Ghostbusters. Rick Moranis is also in that, a movie with uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, who are two of the comedic legends that we all know and love. Uh, Mike Moranis, I'm not going to say steals the show, but has a lot of great 
hilarious scenes in that movie. Just the way he walks around when he's possessed by the dog, how his hair is all screwed up when they're doing those tests on him and he gives that speech. Like, it's hilarious. And then you can't mention Ghostbusters without mentioning Ghostbusters 2, which, again, Moranis is in as well. Has great scenes with uh, with Slimer in that movie. Uh, he has one of my favorite lines in that movie where he just happens to be their lawyer for some reason, which is never explained. And he goes, I was trapped in an elevator for two hours and I had to make the whole time. But I don't blame them. Because one time I turned into a dog and they helped me. Thank you. That's his... <laughs> like, that's great. Just his delivery of that line was was amazing. Uh, again, he doesn't... He's not the main character in those movies, but he's definitely a memorable... When you think of those movies, you think of... Of course, you think of the Ghostbusters. Of course, you think of uh, Slimer. You think of Stay Puft. But you also think of Rick Moranis because he was in those movies and held his own in those movies with a lot of heavy hitter comedians in there. I can keep going down the list, but I don't want to want to volley it over to you, Travis, to get debate after all. That, that's that, you know what? I like it. I like that. We'll do a little, we'll do a little tit for tat back and forth. Yeah. Now I didn't I wasn't preparing um a, a space balls uh counter. Um just I figured we we would leave that one alone just because they were two integral parts of that movie. However, since you did bring it up, uh, I might as well go go after it. Um, now, yes, opening as, as far as opening sequences, as far as the movie is concerned, yes, Miracle Manus does have a great one. However, when you meet Barf for the first time, clearly you got... Sorry about the internal burp there. He's eating bucket of goodness. He's dancing around. Bon Jovi's playing... He's dancing. He's swinging. I mean, it's one of the the great sequences of meeting the heroes of of the movie. There's no denying that that when you first meet Barf, he's just you know having a good old time, eating a bucket of something, and we're, we're you know we're um in for a, a good treat. He also has great you know great lines in this movie. Um, like yeah, you know, Rick Moranis has some great ones, but you know John Candy as Bartholomew has a has great ones as well. There's no denying that Spaceballs um, is 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 a great movie. I mean, he's a he's a mog, he's a half dog, he's a half. He's his own best friend. I mean, how could you not love that? Um, you know, uh, you got. I mean, that. I mean, give all the credit to Mel Brooks um, for writing all the, the greatness. Uh, but John Candy in this, you know, had to pull it off. Man, he, the the fact that he had to wear this this massive suit with the ears and the tail that the people had to control. Um, was fantastic. The scenes in the the diner, um, you know, we want the soup special, uh, the soup or the special. Um, you know, he'll have the cleavage. Um, but hey, it's all it's all it's all good stuff when it comes to space balls. There's there's that's a it's a clean slate, um, an even slate as it were. Maybe between the two, it all depends on who you like more. Um, I'm just having the John Candy. I tried to dress up as him uh, for Halloween, but that costume was a little bit too. <laughs> too too hard to pull off, um, but neither here uh, nor there. Now you brought up Ghostbusters. Um, I was initially going to save this. You know what? I'll probably save that for a, a little later later in the talk. But yes, um, let's let's talk about uh, John Candy and his Ghostbusters. You know, we have. Let's go to Uncle Buck. Why not? A, a good old movie of Uncle Buck. Uh, a man down on his luck decides to help out his brother. Um, when there's a family tragedy and all the crazy and hijinks of a basically a degenerate gambler who likes the bowl has to raise a newcomer into the crowd, Macaulay Culkin. But and all the, the fun and all the, the hilarious, I mean, the, is the, the birthday scene where he's cooking manhole-sized pancakes. I mean, I don't know anybody out there that if you've seen this movie as uh, a young person, and your birthday came around, and you came down your stairs, if you had stairs, did not expect at one point in time a large pile of manhole-sized pancakes. Uh, that movie has amazing one-liners, and it's just a fantastic movie, especially, you know, when it brings out the, the hatchet, um, and he scares the crap out of uh, the teenager. All good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't, yeah. I mean, I could go on. I mean, there's, there's plenty of movies in his earlier career. Uh, but I'm gonna do one. What you know? You said two. I said two. I mean, we have we have different movies uh, that we're probably about to get into, and so you know, I'm gonna throw it back to you. Um, start listing up some more, and then let's just get right into it, bro. 
thing. I know, and I said Spaceballs is a wash, but I'm going to go back to a couple more great scenes in Spaceballs that had our good friend <laughs> Rick Moranis. I mean, we are in now, now. Why are you always preparing? Just go. Ludicrous speed. Never play this part again. All such great scenes were all uh, Rick Moranis. And yeah, that scene when they, when Barf was introduced, showing the good guys was great. But evil will always triumph over good because good is dumb. As for more great uh, Rick Moranis movies, as uh, Little Shop of Horrors, I think is a, a great underrated movie. Uh, I watched that as a kid, and it a little part of it, a little bit of it scared me, but it also made you laugh. Rick Moranis is great as that nerdy character with with Audrey too, making that uh that plant get bigger and bigger by killing people to make it uh get bigger and bigger. I think it was a great underrated movie, nice little comedy, a uh, nice little comedy, a little bit of a musical too. So you just get to see Rick Moranis sing a little bit. Um, as for Uncle Buck, Uncle Buck is a great movie. It's more of a dramedy than a comedy. So if you're going to bring up a dramedy, I'll bring up a dramedy from the great Rick Moranis, which is Parenthood. I think it's another very underrated movie, which Rick Moranis pretty much plays straight in the movie. Uh, but it's, like I said, more of a dramedy than a comedy. But it's, you know, Rick Moranis is great. Like he, he can play those weird, quirky roles like he did in Ghostbusters with that guy walking around like he's possessed, looking all weird, and then go to a straight, straight-laced, nerdy dad, just being a good father, and how great that movie was with all the different ensemble cast you had in there. And then great movies from our childhood. So he's in these the Spaceballs, which we watched as children, but as we've said, we even now watching it over and over, we catch more funny jokes. Ghostbusters, we catch more jokes that we missed. Parenthood's a little bit of an older movie, but you got Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Now, that's another great Rick Moranis movie. Now, a lot of the greatness, you could say, comes from the special effects in that movie. And uh, it's a, mostly the adventure with the kids. But, I mean, how can you not remember uh, Rick Moranis hanging on that hammock, uh, crawling through the grass with that giant magnifying glass in his eye with that big nerdy face? Like, that's part of our childhood. That's a great, great, um, great movie. And he's he, he does his role in that movie well. So... I just think he's a little. John Candy's amazing. And he's very funny. I feel Rick Moranis is more versatile. He plays more versatile roles. Like he can be that weird, quirky, nerdy guy, and then he can do the straight man, like in Honey I Shrunk the Kids or in Parenthood, and movies like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's if we're gonna let's do a little deep dive in the versatility of John John Candy. Um, but before we get into some of his, his later roles, let's just start from the beginning. Let's go. I mean, his first big splash as far as Hollywood is concerned. And yes, I use the word splash, um, specifically, uh, cause he teamed up with Tom Hanks as Tom Hanks's brother in the movie, uh, splash. No kidding. Um, you brought up, uh, said, we'll go Spices, We'll ring that over. He was with, um, although. Rick Moranis was with also with John Candy in Brutus Million, which also involved Richard Pryor. Well, he was in, yes, uh, but um, he was also in his good friend Dan Aykroyd's movie, a little movie called um, The Blues Brothers. I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, he did play a small role, but he, you know he had uh, some classic lines in that movie. Um, one comes, you know, if you want an orange whip, orange whip, orange whip. You want an orange whip? I got two orange whips over here. Um, he was in the movie Stripes. With Bill Murray, with Harold Ramis yet again as the the great lovable, great lovable ox. I mean, the, the line in that movie, um, when he's talking about you know, yeah, he knows he's overweight. His doctor knows he's overweight, um, but you know, it's uh, he knows he's got to eat less. But you know, he likes to eat pizza. Um, it is you know, he um, he was denied. He wasn't denied. He was offered multiple times to go on Saturday Night Live, and he just chose not to do it because he had his loyalty of the Second City TV out in Canada. Um, so he didn't want to go and leave them to to, to join Saturday Night Live. Um, he was in a great movie called National Lampoon's Vacation. Um, yes, another small part. Um, but once again, another SNL uh, fan favorite, Chevy Chase. Obviously, was in this movie. And obviously, he just played uh, the security guard basically at the end and in Wally World. But it's another small part um, that we all know and love and recognize. Obviously, John Candy's face. As we move on further in his career, now you brought up Ghostbusters. Now, the the role that Rick Moranis plays, Mr. Tully, uh, was not initially offered to Rick Moranis at first. It was actually offered to Mr. John Candy. John Candy turned it down because he felt 
that his other friends should deserve bigger and better roles. His obviously his buddy Dan Aykroyd was in the movie, and Dan Aykroyd offered to John Candy first, uh, but he turned it down and said, "You know what? I got a good, I got a, I got a guy for you, uh, Rick Moranis." Obviously, Dan Aykroyd knew who Rick Moranis was, so then he pitched Rick Moranis to um, the cast of the Ghostbusters, Ivan Reitman, and then boom, he was introduced uh as mr tully as 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 now we know his his famous role in ghostbusters but if it wasn't for mr john candy rick moranis wouldn't have gotten that role now i don't want to cut you off while you're you in the me, middle of a great uh segue but how do you think uh john candy would have done in the role as lewis tully can i can i interject here yes as, as the mediators um so not to cut travis off because travis did bring up the point supposedly uh, he wanted to play it as a strong German guy with wiener dogs. And he was adamant about playing Dana's neighbor as a very strong, you know, sprechen Sie Deutsch, look at my wiener dog kind of character. And Ivan Reitman was just kind of like, dude, <laughs> um, we don't know how we feel about this. And he's like, you know what? That's fine. And then it goes back to Travis's point of, I have somebody else for you. But that was something I found out and found very interesting as well, was the fact that he specifically had Rick in mind for that. And I, I, I appreciated that. I appreciated the, uh, the point that Travis made there. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm, you know, this is still a mediation, but that was definitely uh, something that I'm looking for. As far as judging the <laughs> both of you. <laughs> well, don't worry. I have more. Um, you, you you brought up, Ashley, the, the great movie of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Guess who also was offered that role first before Mr. Rick Moranis? Yes, you guessed it. John Candy. So John Candy got that role, offered that role first. And in this case, he knew Rick Moranis would play the role better. And he pitched him to obviously... Uh, the directors and the producers, um, he just he felt he wasn't right being a large, a large man, um, and he knew Rick Moranis would probably play the role better. So once again, John Candy gave Rick Moranis a little handout or at least a recommendation, and it was probably for the best. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. Um, but John Candy was offered the role first, and then once again, um, he was like, "I know a guy, Rick Moranis, for that role." Now, you had mentioned about versatility. Now, uh, after, obviously, we know John Candy had a lot of great comedic roles. He played some some quirky roles, played some cops. He played a security guard. He played the annoying passenger in planes, trains, and automobiles as Mr. Dell. <coughs> uh, as, as uh, what's his name? Uh, Dell. Um, in planes, trains, and alongside Steve Martin, which pops up um, a lot of, of all these movies between these two actors. Um, he also helps, he play, he, he helps support little weird men, wacky radio host um, and little shop of horror to, you know, a little spot check for Rick Moranis as well. But it's all, we're going to talk about versatility in 1991. Um, John Candy wanted to change things up and he landed a role in um, Oliver Stone's, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say here? Uh, critically acclaimed or movie called JFK that had Gary Oldman, Kevin Costner, and Don Tullivan in it. He played a very, it was a very serious dramatic role. Um, and there were a lot of critics out there that has deemed that's one of John Candy's, one of his most, his best performances outside of his comedic roles. He was, it was something he has never done before and he took the job very, very seriously. He hired, um, Local coaches to you know make sure he he nailed that Louisiana accent. Um, there's uh, he was so nervous on set doing this film that the sweat on, in that scene with with Kevin Conner is is actual sweat because he was so nervous working with these highbrow um, sort of sort of actors and it was something totally new and something different for him. And you know he 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 nailed that role um, as far as a, a very dramatic actor. Um, he had his own kids TV show. Um, for a while called Camp Candy. Um, it aired for three or four seasons. And it was it was so popular that Marvel, that's right, our good friends at Marvel, picked it up and did a limited series, uh, about six episodes from May through October, I believe 90 or 91, I believe. 
so he has he's a, he's a singer. He was in a uh, a group called the Northern Lights, an old Canadian group. Um, but I think it was more of a one of those let's get these celebrities together and sing a song about you know some charity event. Uh, but he he is he is as versatile as Mar- as Rick Moranis. Um, he has some amazing roles that I have not yet touched upon. Um, but you did bring up Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You did bring up Ghostbusters, and it was it was a must to include the fact that those roles were indeed offered to John Candy first. Um, one of which was like he he knew he wasn't going to be fit for the role, so you know he he picked Rick Moranis too. So he Rick Moranis owes a great deal uh, to Mister John Candy. So the fact that John Candy was offered roles before Rick Moranis was in Ghostbusters and Honey and Shrunk the Kids, okay, those are great little factoids and tidbits. But it really doesn't mean that he's better than Rick Moranis. And Rick Moranis was great in both those movies. And I don't really see John Candy working as the dad role in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I just, like, he's not nerdy enough to be the the scientist who can make the shrink ray. And it's just, like, that's a Rick Moranis role. And you said him yourself, John Candy knew Rick Moranis would have been better for that role. So that's why he offered it to him. Or threw his name in the ring. Because he knew he would be better in both Ghostbusters and, uh... Honey, I shrunk the kids. And as for the, uh, the German wiener dogs and Ghostbusters as a sprick in the Deutsch, I'm not going to talk bad about John Candy because if anyone could pull off a weird character like that, he probably could. But it doesn't take away the fact how, that Rick Moranis was in Ghostbusters. He was in Ghostbusters too, and had and did great jobs in those roles. So I think you mentioned planes, trains, and automobiles, and that's great. I mean, that's probably my favorite John Candy movie. I think that might even be. Arguably, one of the best movies we've named so far. I think he did. I think that's a classic movie that gets watched every year, just like Ghostbusters does, just like Spaceballs does, things like that. I think John Candy was great in that movie, and I cannot say any bad things about that movie. It was great. But if you want to talk another uh, buddy movie with our good friend Steve Martin, you have uh, My Blue Heaven, which uh, a Steve Martin played. A lot of jokes come from Steve Martin being the, the mobster Vinny Antonelli. AKA Todd Wilkinson. But um but Rick Moranis was great as the straight man in that movie. And he, you know, he played off of uh um Steve Martin's more of a quirky character, uh, but it worked well. The the movie works because of both of those actors. Um and even just little scenes like uh Kefish is like, Are you trying to say Capiche? Well don't do it because it hurts in my ears when you do it. Like these are funny, great movie lines that uh again uh Rick Moranis was in. So yeah, I think I'm sure that John Candy was offered Ghostbusters and um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but uh, Rick Moranis did both of those roles better. And you brought up that he was in Little Shop of Horrors, and you brought up that he was in um, uh, Vacation, which are great, great little scenes, great little tidbits. But those are not, I would not consider either one of those movies John Candy movies. I would consider those a Chevy Chase movie, and I consider the other one a Rick Moranis movie. And yeah, John Candy's in it, and he has a little great scene. But it's a bit part. Like, I don't think those are as valuable as the, the movies we've said with Rick Moranis, where he was one of the main stars or this star, like uh, My Blue Heaven or A Little Shop of Horrors. I think he gets the nod for those. But uh, again, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one of the best movies ever made. And that's a lot of that had to do with John Candy. So it's great. See, where as, as great as My Blue Heaven is, I see that more as a Steve Martin movie more than a Rick Moranis, because one... Yeah, Rick Moranis does a great job, uh, you know, feeding off what Steve Martin um, is throwing out there. He allows, I mean, Steve Martin definitely steals the show of that movie, hands over fist. And Rick Moranis, yeah, he does have a, a little, you know, some of his lines that, that, that they feed off each other is really good. That's me. Um, I mean, you say it's not a Rick Moranis movie, yeah. but it's a, it's a definitely a buddy buddy movie. Not, not, it's a, not, yeah, a buddy movie. Yeah, but, but I figure with, with John Cusack in that movie, there's a lot of, I mean, they're almost hand in hand, almost very similar as far as uh, there's a lot of interaction between her and Steve Martin that, you know, a lot of these uh, lines come from. So, I mean, they have very similar job profiles um, as far as the, the movie is concerned. Um, so, I mean, you do have a good, uh, uh, Rick Moranis has a whole subplot, which a lot of, which is in a lot of scenes that Steve Martin isn't even in. Like the part where he's, uh, he's dealing with the wife, he's dealing with the ex-husband. He's like, there's, he's in plenty of the movie when Steve Martin's not in it. So, yeah, I agree. Steve Martin is the star of that movie, but it is a buddy right. buddy movie. So I, I think he right. 
where I was like, well, I was like, well, planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, I think it was more of a 50-50 or at least 55-45, you know, in favor. It was, it was more more of a buddy-buddy than My Boo Heaven. I see My Boo Heaven as, as first as a Steve Martin and the <coughs> Steve Martin movie. I mean, but that's, I mean, that's personal preference, you know, and what side you, you're, you're, you're taking on here. Whereas where I saw planes, trains, and automobiles, like, you can't really mistake the two. Those Those are... Um, this, the, 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 the movie is based literally on them too, trying to get home, um, from their business trips and whatever. Um, but yeah, John Kenny does have a lot of, a lot of, uh, smaller roles. Um, he has a lot of, a lot of smaller roles. Um, that's just, that's not denying, um, his skill level because everyone knew, oh, I know a great person that can nail these small roles. Um, speak like, for example, when he takes on the role of the poker king of the Midwest and home alone. Um, he took that role as a favor to John Hughes. He he for he gave up millions of dollars and took scale, which is what at that time was four hundred and fourteen dollars, and he worked twenty four hours uh, to create those few scenes. A lot of which they could not use because Catherine O'Hara, obviously the the mother of uh, Macaulay Culkin in, the, in this movie was laughing too hard during the entire time that a lot of the, a lot of the scenes were unusable. Um, so, I mean, that just goes to show that, you know, John Kenny looks after his friends and he, he'll do favors. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he does a lot of small roles, um, but the roles, those small roles are, there are, are perfect. Um, he doesn't need to have all the, the you know, the big roles. Uh, he can, if he wants to, um, but he does, you know, he likes to have a lot of fun and, and help out where he can. I mean, just, that's just a small little, snippet i mean there's a there's there's um let's see like um cool runnings a, a great late uh movie uh in his career um this is a few years before he had had passed uh yes cool runnings is about the jamaican bobsled team and they created this coach role uh for them and he, he has a lot of a lot of great lines and which is more it's not a comedy. It's, yeah, it's a dramedy, uh, but more. I don't know. It's where, I don't know where that lies as far as the title of a. It's not really. I mean, there's comedic moments. There's sports movie. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's no. Uh, yeah. There, there's some fun stuff. Um, obviously, with him interacting um, with uh, the, the cast and, and crew of that. I mean, a big old jolly fat white guy in you know Jamaica. Um, I mean, there's there's. Um, the, the more infamous line, um, which, you know, um, let's see, where is it? It says, uh, a gold medal is a wonderful thing, but if you're not enough without one, you're never be enough with one. And that sums up, um, just on, like on a, on a, on a personal, like all your, all your achievements, yeah, all achievements are great. Accolades are great, but if you're not anything with it, without it, then you'll never be anything with it. And that, I mean, that was, that's John Kenny. John Kenny didn't care about, he never really, he never watched any of his movies or anything that he was in. Uh, he was always critical of himself. Um, he, he loved to help out. It didn't matter what the role was, any small, any, no role was small enough um, for him. Whether it was a, a sports announcer in Rookie of the Year, um, you know, just small little things. He's in the, the Ghostbusters music video, with, in Ray Parker's Ghostbusters music video. Man, it's, it's, all around, he's a good, good guy. Uh, his roles are great. The big ones, the small ones, and all of them, you know, in in between. Well, first, I got to give uh, Catherine O'Hara a very big, giant thumbs down for getting a lot of John Candy scenes cut from Home Alone because they were too funny. <laughs> like, through her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and yet, yeah, John Candy, he was great in that movie, and the fact they did it for scale, again, that's awesome, but you cut him out of the movie, you really don't lose much. Like, that's the only problem I have with these little bit parts that he's done. He was great, and he was awesome in them. But he's not a huge factor in the movies. And Cool Runnings was a great movie. I love, love that movie. But most of the comedy from that movie comes from Dougie Doug and the rest of the Jamaican bobsled team. You know, yeah, it's great. It's funny. But John Candy is in it. But, I, I, I mean, he has the, some inspirational roles. But I mean, inspirational uh, quotes. That's more of the writers than... John Candy's saying, I mean, it's not really a comedy. It's not really a comedy line, that line you said about the medals, which is co- it's, which is uh, prolific. I don't know if that makes a good... Well, it, it, it leads to his, his, his versatility. 
I mean, just you know, sure. he can crack one-liners and comedy one-liners. Uh, but when he needs to make a serious, you know, like point, you know, what about life and whatever, you know, he can he can deliver on those as well. Agreed, agreed. Like I said, I'm not I can't can't shit on John Candy. He was great. But, but to me, you want to throw in a, uh, a sports movie. If you throw in Cool Runnings, I'm going to counteract you with Little Giants. Little, I mean, nice. if you've heard our sports movie podcast we did, Little Giants was one of our favorites. Um, and that's uh, that's great because and Rick Moranis is coaching that role. I can I would consider these two movies kind of the same in that you take out Rick Moranis from Little Giants. I mean, co- the comedy mostly comes from the kids and the team and how they're playing. Rick Moranis is great in it as he's very um, useful in the role that he is. But if you put a different actor in that part of Little Giants, it's not going to change the movie too much. I'll say the same thing, though, for John Candy and Cool Runnings. Yes, it's great that he's in it, but the comedy's not from him. So great, two great sports movies. I think we come out in a wash on, on debating those two. I think if you take either one of them out of it, the movie doesn't really change. But again, a big fuck you to Catherine O'Hara. For the, for the, <laughs> I did not know that. And, um, yeah. But to get into more versatility of Rick Moranis, a great movie, but him playing Barney Rubble in the Flintstones, like he did that voice perfectly. Like he, like you close your eyes, that's freaking Barney Rubble. Now the movie itself isn't that great, but you can't blame that on Rick Moranis. Like he was Barney Rubble in that movie. Like, he did a great job playing that role and being like, hey, Fred, how's it going? Like, he did it perfect in that. So, I, again, like I said, Rick Moranis, he can play that straight, nerdy character. He can play the straight lawyer in My Blue Heaven. But then he can play those weird, quirky characters that uh, John Candy has done a few of. But I think the, the nod, the edge, goes to uh, Rick Moranis just for Ghostbusters again, Little Shop of Horrors again. The Flintstones, that quirky little role that he did, I think he he gets the nod there. And he, I think, if you're going versatility wise, in my head, Rick Moranis gets the edge just because of the quirky characters and then the serious characters. He can do both. He's uh, serviceable in both style of movies. And yeah, I get versatility. If we're going on that, I go edge to Rick Moranis. Well, I mean, after you're defending Rick Moranis, <laughs> of course you would you would you would say he's more versatile. Um... But I also gave examples. I didn't just say it. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, there was, there was. I mean, JFK is is no laughing matter in any stretch of the of any imagination. It was a very serious movie and a very serious role. It was, um, but John Candy is not the star of that movie. It, it goes back to again my uh, right the, still, but he's part. still it's still a part that's not normally suited for him, and yet he was able to pull it off with ease. Um, Agreed, but I, I get- and, 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 but, but and like he he took the leap of trying to do a, a serious role, you know, and, and and he nailed it perfectly. Yeah, it wasn't maybe a a leading role, but a supporting role, and in some small capacity, is still better than nothing. I, like I said, I'm not knocking John Candy's acting ability, but that that scene is great. But it's not the same as being the straight man in uh, My Blue Heaven or being the straight man. In Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or Parent, Parenthood, which is also another straight movie. Like he's in those movies a lot. Where John Candy in uh, JFK, he's in it, sure, and he does great in what he did. But like he's, like he said, he's great in those little bit parts. He has those scenes in those movies. But if you take him out, the the movie's still gonna flow and run as it would have. So yeah, what he did was great. I don't know how much he adds to them. And I disagree, but I mean that's what that's that's why why we're here and why we're talking about that. That's that kind of why we're here to to, to disagree on basically um, a lot of things. Um, now there there's a couple of things I have yet to mention. Um, one, uh, I'll, I'll say this quickly. Um, obviously, I, I briefly talked about obviously his animated stuff. Um, that you know, he had his own cartoon. He sang the the theme song. It was picked up by Marvel Comics. Um, but earlier in his career, he I mean, both Rick Moranis and John Candy they do they've done a lot of voiceover work. Uh, but one of my favorite um ones. Let me just make sure I'm not screwing up. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, it's night. It was 1981. So I wasn't even born yet. I saw this obviously when I was much, much, much later. Uh, probably when I was old enough to realize what the hell was going on. Um, but there's a little animated movie called Heavy Metal. 
um, and John Candy uh, led his voice um, in some of the some of the scenes, some of the segments that was in this weird ass fucking sci-fi metal fucking crazy ass movie. Um, I thought that that was, that was something new that I found out um, as doing research. Um, I thought that was just actually kind of cool, um, given the fact that we are uh, metalheads and you know heavy metal was a, was a cool anime and something way before its time. Um, so I definitely wanted to uh, bring bring that up. Um, is John Candy's last his last two movies, um, Canadian Bacon and Wagons East, both um, were put out after he died. Um, so it's hard to say what his career would have been after those movies. Um, you know, uh, if he was still alive after those movies, when those movies came out, um, what would have happened? Because um, Canadian Bacon, obviously. Um, he was able to fill that, uh, film that um, entirely. Um, a great, great, uh, you know, a great concept. The movie where you know uh, the president is in, you know, he's dipping in the polls, um, and he decides to create a cold war with Canada. And why not have a bunch of you know Canadian actors who play Americans decide to invade Canada? Um, so I mean, it's just all around. There's, I mean, there's a bunch of Canadian actors in this movie. Massey um, Dan and Aroid Mesa. Uh, a little appearance in there. Canadian Bacon is a great, hilarious movie. Uh, Real Perman's in that. Stephen Wright's in that. Uh, he plays a Mountie. Um, it's just, it's you know, there's just a lot. It's a lot of good fun. Um, but I think those movies sort of fell to the wayside a little bit just because John Candy did eventually. I mean, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wagons East definitely. Um, when that movie came out, obviously it was in production still, so they actually try to they they finished it, but with like with extras and other stuff, so they can they can pan it out. Um, so unfortunately, I don't really have uh, much to say on on those two movies, but they 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 did they did come out uh, posthumous or whatever that word is, humusly or humusly or whatever. Um, after the fact that he died, uh, I just wanted to recognize they they were they are good and they are something to watch um, for for good laughs and to just you know to see some John Candy goodness uh, one last time. Uh, just you know, it's one of those things I wanted to point out. They're they're, they're good roles for him, um, and obviously Bud Boomer. Um, he's just hilarious um, in Canadian Bacon. Um, so I just I just wanted to drop those uh, before before anything before we continue or we continue with anything else um, because it's you know it's it's hard to determine what you know his career would have been like after ninety four uh, with every role. So I'm only gauging it from eighty one to ninety four. Um, whereas, you know, Rick Moranis has a lot more roles. Yes, he did disappear, not disappear. He, he left the, the, the limelight for very good reasons. Um, but still, uh, we'll all just, we'll just judge basically all the good stuff is anywhere between the eighties into the mid nineties anyway. So let's just, we'll, we can probably both agree on that one. What are that? Uh, but those, yeah, so those two movies definitely just should, should be brought up. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so just the, I mean, I mean, I have factoids and whatnot about John Candy, um, but I'm sure that I mean all this is available just because uh, unfortunately he did he did pass away. So there's a lot of other stuff that um, you know I could be talking about. But if we're going to talk about careers, um, what he did on screen before you know and everything else, I mean he has a long history from the '70s to the '90s, a 25 year career where there was some television in Canada all the way up until his stuff and they finally made it on screen. I mean. You know, two bit roles, small roles, big roles, little roles, medium roles, supporting roles. Um, this man has done it all. Um, he has the flops, he has the good ones, he has the great ones. Um, yeah, like I said, it sucks that John Candy died uh, so young. I mean, I'm sure we would have got a lot more movies with him in it. Um, but yeah, you said we also got the, the Rick Moranis stopped doing movies because his, his wife died and he wanted to take care of his children. But his, um, hopefully, we do get to see. Uh, see more rick moranis i was actually really hoping we saw like a just a little brief scene of him in the new ghostbusters afterlife just a little quick scene that would have just blew my mind and made, made that movie great alas it didn't happen but yeah like i said they both started on a uh, second city tv do a little callback from our last podcast uh rick moranis he did a uh spot on impression of 70s george carlin which i had never seen until we spoke about it last week when I watched that, I my mind was blown at how well and accurate he nailed George Carlin, and, and especially the seventies George Carlin. It was perfect. That's something I never seen, and just another tip in the hat of Rick Moranis to pull that off. And uh, Canadian Bacon, like you said, uh, it was a good, nice, good movie. But I'll throw another weird Canadian movie for, for at you with uh, Strange Brew, with with uh, 
Uh, early, and, uh, early Moranis. Moranis, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Uh, yeah, early Moranis. That's a hilarious movie. Another quirky character that's uh, unlike any of other characters he played. Um, weird movie. Definitely fans of the Foodies Never Say Die podcast. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's definitely up our alley. Strange Brew. Um, yeah. That started out as a skit on Second City TV. Now, Second City TV is kind of like the Canadian Saturday Night Live. They made a lot of a lot of movies from a lot of skits from Saturday Night Live made it to the big screen. Like Wayne's World is probably the biggest one, and MacGruber. There's there's a ton of them. But I, as far as I know, the only skit from Second City TV that made a movie was Strange Brew. If if and Second City TV was great. So if you haven't checked out Strange Brew, if you do nothing else after this podcast. Definitely listen, watch that movie. That's a great movie. Excellent. Um, Mr. Moderator, sir, should we go into uh, our closings or I mean, or what have you? Which... Go into your closings and I will make judgment. All right. Um, well, as, as B, B's currently uh, coughing, um, I'll, I'll do my... my yeah, no, I, I will... I will, uh, I will do... <clears throat> The closing first. Um, so, uh, to all you listeners out there, and obviously uh, the drunken thumb, thank you for having me uh, for this fun and quirky debate of who, who had a, a more <laughs> lucrative, fun, awesome career, John Kearney or Rick Moranis. Obviously, Jimmy Bagadose, thank you for taking the time to moderate such an event. John Candy, the great John Candy, the late great John Candy. Uh, we've said it more times uh, throughout this episode, and we've gone back and forth. We, we're, we're not here. We're not. We're not bad mathing, but we're not bad mathing John Candy. They're they're both amazing actors um, and and people and all around awesomeness. Um, and I've talked about you know about his his career, obviously his voiceover work. He started in television, you know, Canadian television, um, doing odds and end roles. He was very um, he was huge into improv. Um, a lot of his roles, um, all of the fun stuff he did uh, was improv. He was very loyal to Canada. Um, he loves um, SCTV. That's why he didn't want to give it up to go to SNL. Um, although they offered they offered it uh, position um, all the time, he just you know he constantly turned it down because he he's very loyal um, to not only his castmates um, but to his craft. Um, I mean, yeah, he's he's done a, a, a lot of roles, um, some big, some small. Um, I mean, and some in between. I mean, he he came on the scene with with uh with Splash with Tom Hanks. He's done stuff with his good friend Dan Aykroyd and you know Belushi and, and the Blues Brothers. Um, you know he hung out with. I mean, Dan Aykroyd is one of his good friends. Uh, obviously, uh, with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, and you know he was in with Stripes. He led over his voice voiceover roles with heavy metal. He's he's he knows what roles fit him best and what roles he should pass on. Um, and we've, you know, and I've mentioned this already where, yeah, he may not have, uh, the best idea for a role, but he knows someone that could probably do it, um, just as great. And we obviously mentioned Ghostbusters and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, so I do believe in my opinion, uh, even though, yes, uh, Rick Moranis did get those roles and he did a great job in them. If it wasn't, if John Candy decided to do those roles, it would have been a different start. Uh, but we don't know what, you know, that's, that's all hearsay, um, because who knows what would have come of it if John Candy, um, decided to take those roles. You take, you take Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and you take Ghostbusters away from Rick Moranis. His career looks a little different. Let's, let's just put it that way. Um, but you know, that's, um, the way the cookie crumbles as it were. Um, he decided to pass on those roles and, you know, Rick Moranis did take advantage of it. Um, and you know, for, for all good of us, I mean, those roles are, are great and I'm not going to say that those are not, I would be, I would be lying to you if I would, if I said those roles were not good. Um, but I do believe Rick Moranis does owe a little bit, uh, to John Candy, uh, for looking out, um, and, you know, spreading his good name. Um, you know, he, we were talking about the versat- versatility, um, he did, he did series, he, he's, Done some serious roles with, with the JFK as as one of the big ones. Yes, it was a small part, but still, he decided to branch out of something that he was not normally known um, to do, um, which I think is is a true testament of a thespian as an actor. You're trying to always push yourself and do something different. Um, you know, not just sort of uh, 
comedy or dramas, whatever. He was in a very serious role um, and something um, totally out of left field for, for a large 6'2", 300-pound um, individual, as it were. I mean, the guy, as we know, I mean, he's, uh, he's in sports history. You know, for for many for 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 two reasons, two main reasons. One, he was the he was the owner of uh, a CFL team, the Toronto Argonauts, um, along with Wayne Gretzky, win the Super Bowl of whatever the Canadian football team um, is. And obviously, during I believe it was Super Bowl twenty three, um, it was the Bengals versus the the Forty Niners. Joe Montana, um, towards the end of the game, spotted John Candy in the stadium, turned to his tackle and was like, is that John Candy? And yes, it was indeed John Candy in the stadium. It is now part of Super Bowl lore and history and fun facts, uh, which I always found uh, fun and exciting because uh, he was a big, avid uh, sports fan. He was a big football fan. And the fact that it's in sort of a little American American lore now that this Canadian dude is is is, is a part of it is awesome. Um, but I'll, I will leave you with it. Uh, all of Canada loves him. Of Toronto loves him. He's, he's from Toronto. So in um, 2020, I believe, on his 70th birthday, um, he was deed and board on Halloween. If there was ever a time to name a John Candy Day, it is on Halloween. So on 2020, Toronto is now officially John Candy Day. Um, I thought that was a nice, fun honor and tribute uh, to John Candy. The fact that his name is John Candy and it's Halloween um, is just is a match made in heaven. Um and God bless uh, John Candy. Uh, we missed you. Wish you were around making more delicious and awesome movies. Um, I kind of want those gigantic pancakes um, from Uncle Buck, but um, I'll just have to go and make those myself. There is a recipe for them um, on there. I found it. Um, so I will make it in your honor. Um, I hope I defended you well, sir. Um, you you were a great fun and inspiration and a, lo- a loving person to see um, throughout my childhood and now is I grew older. Uh, so thank you, John Candy, for all of your hard work and everything that you've done uh, for, for all of us. Um, so thank you, and have a good night. Okay. Me? Sure. To get into uh, my final thoughts, again, I'm not trying to uh, dash on John Candy. John Candy was great. He was amazing. He did a lot of great movies. But you say if you take away uh, Ghostbusters and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from Rick Moranis, his career will be different. But you can't take those movies away. Uh, they exist. So we're arguing their line of work. And Rick Moranis was by far a more of a versatile actor. Um, the character in Strange Brew is not the same character as in Little Shop of Horrors. The character is not the same as the character in Ghostbusters. He's ve- a very unique, very versatile, doing the George Carlin impression, doing um, Barney Rubble, doing the straight man as uh, in My Blue Heaven. He is g- great in those movies. Um so yeah, I think versatility-wise, Rick Moranis will take the cake on you because there are there's just more of them. There's more versatility of it. John Candy's great. John Candy's hilarious. But he, a lot of his movies, he has those small little parts where Rick Moranis is uh, more of a major role in these movies. So, and then you get Strange Brew where he uh, he also written, directed, and started. I don't know. I don't think John Candy ever directed a movie, but. There you go. We want to throw another uh, versatility thing in there. Um, but yeah, I will never shit on John Candy. I think he's amazing. And in fact, I said in the beginning, I think Rick Moranis is more of the underdog in this fight. I think most people go right off the bat and say, yeah, I'll take John Candy over Rick. But I think I think I defended Rick Moranis very well. I think he's very underrated. He has a lot of great movies that we all know and love that he was a huge part of. And uh even if you still agree that John Candy was better, I think I hoped and made you appreciate Rick Moranis just a little bit more and not saying, oh, yeah, he's that nerdy guy. No, he done, he's done a lot more great movies uh, where he was a great uh, key part in. And, um, yeah, hopefully I got him a little bit more respect in, uh, in this uh, era of uh, the Thumb War. And those are my uh, final thoughts. All right. So I'm going to say my disappointments first. B, I'm going to start with you. Not one mention of Big Bully with Tom Arnold. Yeah, that was the that was direct. That's deliberate. <laughs> the movie is terrible, but I was looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> deliberate. That was deliberately left out. And the only reason why I was deliberately looking for it was because a he was the nerdy guy whose kid became a bully, 
to his former bully's kid who became a nerd. And I just wanted a little bit. I just, I just, I, I, I wanted that just for that. But you know, I understand. I totally understand because the movie, the movie is terrible. The movie is, but I, you know, it's a guilty watch. I'm trying to make uh, good points, so I want to bring up a movie. <laughs> Listen, if there's any movie Tom Arnold was ever good in, it was True Lies, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> now to the Asian, my disappointments. Uh, first and foremost, know the rescuers. Either movie. I knew you were going to bring that up. I'm very, I knew you were going to bring that up. I'm very yeah. disappointed. <laughs> that was not mentioned. I knew it. But I, I go with the, the B defense. <laughs> okay, to be fair, I like the first one. The second one I can live without. With the Australia, with the bird and the egg and everything. You know what? Yeah. Like, I totally understand. But the one with the kidnapped girl and the crazy lady with the two gators, I think that one is a is a classic. Okay. All right. And then no direct mention of who's Harry Crumb. Which bombed again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it bombed, but the movie itself is a John Candy vehicle and is, in fact, a John Candy classic. Yes. I just, I mean, you, you, I, brought, I, yeah. you brought up, you know, he was cops, he was security guard. I'm like, private eye. I mean, like, you, you can kind of, like, go in with that because, like, armed and dangerous, but, you know. Right. I just, yeah. I, I picked and choose. <laughs> you, you both picked and choose, and you both left me a, a slightly disappointed. Yes. All right, note to self, bring up some of the shitty movies to get on Jimmy's good time. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Get listen, on Jimmy's listen, good time. Bring up, bring up, really bring up IMDb. You got to bring, bring the good with the bad. You got to bring the good with the bad. Or the bad with the good. I just, I, I you know, that, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, over, Which was a bad movie, but I think Rick Moranis was awesome in. I think he did a great which job. Is, which is fair, because I, like, I actually somewhat enjoyed that movie, A, because of Rick Moranis. In B, because of the ridiculousness of Cliff, <laughs> but like, you know, that that's just where I'm looking at it with that. Um, Trav, as far as John Candy, I was very happy you brought up Stripes. I was very happy. Uh, Heavy Metal was brought up. Little upset. Uh, Hot to Trot was not brought up, but I can understand that because it's you know it's one of those movies where it's like if you know you know kind of a thing. Not everybody really knows about Hot to Trot, uh, where he voiced. Couldn't the- really remember it too well, and I didn't have time to actually go through it. To bring and it, and it came out around the same time as Harry Crumb and Uncle Buck. Yeah, just so, yeah, just, just in it, with, uh, three of them. I understand going with Uncle Buck. Um, yeah. Great Outdoors and Summer Rental. Yeah, Great Outdoors was okay with Dan Aykroyd. I just didn't, you know. No, no, and I understand because like I don't love Great Outdoors. Some people really love that movie, and I'm like, I could live without it. Yeah. Chet. I watched it again recently just because it was on TV and I was like, it hasn't aged really well. Like a lot of it no, it hasn't. No, flat. yeah. It's, uh... Summer Rentals the same way, and like it's a shame because what's her name from the Andy from the Goonies is in it as the daughter, and I'm just like, mm, like this didn't age well, but yeah, I like I can I can enjoy it. It's just it didn't age well. Yeah. Uh, B to your points, I do feel. Um, you hit, you hit it on the head as far as you can't picture Rick, uh, as any, like you, you can't put John Candy in any of Rick, in any of Rick's roles, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters, uh, only because we saw that we saw it visually and that's how, uh, we tend to, uh, remember it. Like if, if we got the Germans, uh, I, I won't say Sausage King, but like if we got the Wiener Dog Man, as Sigourney Weaver's neighbor, I mean, I'm sure it would have been iconic, but it wouldn't have been as memorable, in my opinion, probably as Rick as the, you know, I love my neighbor, but I'm too much of a, you know, wimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, but to uh, kind of wrap it up into each of your points, um, I've I've been finding it really hard to not give you guys a full wash, um, just because of. Uh, both men's legendary careers you hit both points on the head and i like i don't like i really don't want to give the wash as the first episode is like you know who won the drum war the drunken thumb war drum war yeah <laughs> but uh you how much have you had the drink <laughs> jimmy jimmy's on on his 12 percent beer number two but um <laughs> but uh it's it's hard to say um overall i think you both defended really well i think you both uh, rebuttaled really well. You both are pretty much even as far as points go for me. Um, cause I, I have been keeping a score. 
to what I was, you know, not necessarily like, like it is what I was looking for, but like to the points, like who had the points that I was like, I like that points, you know, that's, that's what I'm looking. Right. Um, I, I, like I said, I really don't want to give it a wash, but I kind of have to, I think you both did an excellent job as far as it goes. This is one of those, you know, uh, thumb wars where the, you kind of just break apart and you have to regroup. Uh, it should have been called uh, rock, paper, scissors because you both you know, threw out a rock. You know what I mean? Uh, best two out of three is apparently how it's going to go. <laughs> All right. For the inaugural thumb war, I think a, a tie for me. I, like I said, I believe Rick Moranis was a very heavy underdog in this. So I'm going to take a tie and treat that as a win on my part and give myself a pat on the thumb. Good, good job. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree. I, th- I thought I was able to pull this one out, but the fact that it's a wash, look. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not the big L. Um, so uh, I mean, I, I do give it taps off. Uh, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, you were making some fine, good points. Um, so I'm glad I did some of my research uh, <laughs> to, to, to combat some of it. Um, yeah, just it was. I mean, I mean, we all love we love Rick Moranis. So it's just one of those things. Just like shit. Like no, I mean, like- but it was fun. It was, it was. It was fun to defend the ground of like. All right. You know your your opponent is awesome, but you have to out awesome the awesome. And it's like, all right, so how do I do that? When it's like you know what you're what the other person is going to come back you with. It's like I knew for a fact my blue heaven was come up. I, like it's like all those other like it's, I just knew every single one. As soon as he dropped little giant, it's like fuck. Like to beat points, like, oh, 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 oh. B made B made some very strong points. You know, with with like little giants and honey, honey, I shrunk the kids. My blue heaven. Or like you know, certain bit roles versus versus starring roles. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you with John Candy, you had more bit to starring, but the ones that he starred in, and like it kind of like evened itself off. Like and I like like I said, like I was trying to keep a, a fair fair score of what I wanted, what I wanted to hear from the both of you. Um, the ghost, like you bringing up John Candy with Ghostbusters, was something that I was looking for specifically, and it would have cost you had you not brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was sort of like my uh, little not ace in the hole, but I was like, all right, I know I'm going to get some brownie points on this one. It would have uh, cost me. I, I, I was like, yeah, I, I knew, I knew the uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids one. I did not know about the Ghostbusters one until I did a little bit more research on it. And then, yeah, like, oh, I, 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 I was looking for Strange Brew, and I was very happy you brought up Strange Brew. Yes. So I, I was, I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. Um, it is an oddball movie, but it does fit right up our alley. Yeah. Um, and which which is a good one. So I was like, I, I was hoping it wouldn't have brought it up, but then you, then you slipped it right in there, and then I was like, ah, oh, shit, I think I just lost it. <laughs> like, B, B, you didn't mention mention this, but th- to be fair, this is at, kind of out of our generation. It was uh, Brother Bear, which was like one of the last animated uh, roles Rick Moranis did before. Uh, which I thought you were actually going to bring up when I did the whole voiceover and animated and, roles, because Brother Bear was a lot. A lot of uh, Rick Moranis. Yeah, I, I saw it, so I hadn't, I really didn't know what to. I mean, I saw. I looked at his IMDb. I saw that movie, but I never saw the movie, so I couldn't really. But like, I was kind of happy you didn't bring it up, though, only to the point that um, it's really outside of our box. Like, we didn't yeah. have that brother bit. Like, brother bear was like just outside of our zone. Like, this would have been, right. you know, somebody born in like ninety six, ninety seven. That would have been their introduction into into Rick Moranis. Uh, and that's probably how they would have went backwards. Um, as far as uh, Trav, one last time, uh, you know, Gus Polinski, uh, Polka King of the Midwest. That's always something I look for. That was one of my more yeah. favorite bit roles. Um, and the fact that it what you, you brought up Catherine O'Hara, you brought in, you know, how she basically dwindled that down into, you know, hey, I'll take you home. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I haven't seen you know what? I'm gonna, I, you know, what? I'm gonna like you're you're gonna call this a wash, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the win to B because of his Catherine O'Hara. Fuck you. Uh, yeah. That was just way that was just way too funny. And I I mean I I, I think you deserve the win just for, for, that, for that one for that part alone. You know what? Uh, you know, yeah. Officially, it's a wash, but for me to you, I think you definitely deserve it because that was pure hilarity and awesome. And um, that, that's what it is, though. That's 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 you know that's the camaraderie that we can bring to the table. Because that that was just pure gold. No, it's true though. Like, uh, yeah, well, yeah. It was like it's like, it like they were filming for like twenty three hours, and then like a lot of the film was just uh, unusable because she was literally um, 
laughing and having a good time. It was like the John Hughes was like, you're just having way too good of a time with John Candy and these group of guys and not worried about trying to get home and find your son. Like you're just ruining this entire thing. Uh, so yeah, so fuck you, Catherine O'Hara, even though that was your best friend, John Candy, uh, <laughs> who gave, literally gave the eulogy at his wedding, at his, wedding, at his funeral. Um, yeah, I thought that was just fucking pure hilarity. Um, so on a personal level, B, I, I'll, I'll give you the win, but officially it's a wash. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, this was a really tough battle. Like I, said, I love John Candy and, uh, it's yeah. very hard to choose which one of these is better. But the best part is we don't have to choose. We have both of them. We have all these great movies to watch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's the inaugural first episode of The Thumb War. Uh, we have uh, a lot more food debates, pop culture debates. So we're going to rotate. Uh, I'm going to rotate based on the passion we have for some of these topics. So sometimes I, I may be the judge. Travis may be the judge sometimes. We're going to rotate it in based on how strong we feel on some of these topics. We may have special guests putting their thumbs in the ring. I know the Ciceroni Poperoni has expressed interest. Yes, I, I convinced him to get in on it. For those of you listening, check out our Instagram page. Leave your comments. Who do you think is better out of the two, John Candy or Rick Moranis? Who do you think made better points in the arguments? Uh, but yeah, I think uh, for a inaugural episode, this was a good one. And like you said, if we can agree on one thing, it's fuck Captain O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, have a good night. Yeah, have a good night.